Welcome to the Financing Social Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Fraggle Byrne. Every week, I speak to people who fund and support social innovation in different ways. Grant providers, impact investors of various kinds, angel investors, foundations, family offices and more. They talk frankly about how they work, how they make investment, grant and funding decisions, what they will invest in or support and what they cannot. They talk about the pros and cons of different sources of funding, share lessons and insights, and provide invaluable advice for any social entrepreneur or innovator looking to build and finance a sustainable social business. Welcome to Financing Social Entrepreneurs. I'm very pleased today to introduce Min Pease. Min leads the Impact Investing Program at Echoing Green, a leading global non-profit that provides seed funding and technical assistance to emerging social entrepreneurs with ideas for social change. This is an exciting new program supporting Echoing Green fellows seeking or receiving investment. In large part, this involves getting social entrepreneurs investment ready and helping them to find investors that have an aligned understanding of their mission. Min also works to engage investors in the Echoing Green community. So thank you very much, Min, for taking the time to speak to me again for Financing Social Entrepreneurs. Oh, well, thank you for having me again. It's great to be here. Great. So when I spoke to you this at the beginning of the podcast series, and we talked in detail about the Impact Investment Program at Echoing Green and the support you were providing for various for your social entrepreneurs on the impact investment space and working with impact investors. And I guess that was six months ago now. And I'm just wondering, maybe to begin with, if you could just give me a sense of how things are now and how things have developed really and what your priorities are. Yeah. So as an organization, we just announced our 2017 class. So that's been a fantastic group to meet. We just had a retreat out of New York, brought them all together for the first time. And in addition, it's our 30th anniversary this year. So there's lots happening in terms of looking back and looking forward that we're extremely excited about both on the impact investing end and as an organization. Brilliant, brilliant. And in the impact investment space? Yeah, so on the space, we um, have formalized. So last, I think the last time we talked, we were piloting a leadership development framework within our fellowship. So as you remember, Virgo, we fund an incredibly diverse number of entrepreneurs who work around the world across sectors. And so we've really been refining how we think about supporting them in an equitable way. And so we're formalizing that and within that have started to do more thinking and more targeting around specific individualized support as well as portfolio-wide support. And so this report that we'll talk about today really speaks to that and is starting to formalize our existing internal teamwork as well as our external advisor work. Excellent. Yes. So this report is it's titled the Echoing Green Portfolio Segmentation. You say accelerating capital to for-profit and hybrid enterprises. So what was the motivation of this report? What were you trying to find? What were you, the questions you were asking? Definitely. So we really wanted to build on what we've learned in our impact investing programs foundational first few years. So you know, this has really been in response to the number of applicants that we're seeing to our fellowship increase for those who want to solve problems through for-profit or hybrid legal structures. So with support from the MacArthur and Kresge Foundations, we partnered with Include, which is an advisory firm, to for the first time map our portfolio 
And so the goal of this analysis is really to put data behind what we've been hearing real time from fellows and identify key ways that we can meet their investment readiness needs at scale. So the paper shares learning from 49 fellows who responded to our survey, as well as dozens more who participated in focus groups, and it covers their current and anticipated financing needs, their top barriers to accessing capital, desired support needs, case studies, and then importantly ends with recommendations on how we can continue to build out that support. Great, great. It's a lengthy report and then full of rich insights, I think. And uh, great, great to see that work. And it must have been fascinating for you to see finally some figures and then, you know, uh, get more granular picture of what's going on. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, really, we were, were pleased that ultimately this data validated our, you know, leadership development approach and how we think about our fellow support in terms of investment readiness. You know, it also identified, you know, existing needs that we'd heard anecdotally through more data. And so that was also important for us before we, you know, invested in building out things that we were pretty sure that we were we were right on, but wanted to make sure that we were actually reflecting what our entrepreneurs needed. Right. Right. And when you talk about the, your leadership development approach, can you maybe just talk a little bit about what that actually is? Sure. So when entrepreneurs are accepted into our fellowship, they get a kind of a 360 support. One is, of course, seed funding, which we provide through recoverable grants to our for-profits. One and another is leadership development framework. And then the third is this lifelong community of social entrepreneurs and mentors. So when we think about leadership development and impact investing, Echoing Green has a very particular point of view. And so, you know, the kind of the three tenets of that is first that we focus on the talent and we build their lifetime capacities to scale both their organization and their leadership footprint to make a positive impact. And the second is that we are early stage, we're very seed stage. And then third, you know, we're a fellow first seed funder. Our own patient capital in the form of that recoverable grant is very patient, risk mitigating, and we're in it for the long haul. And so when we think about leadership development, it's a little bit different than, you know, typical accelerator programs, which focus more on business model, really digging deep to the finances and capacity building there. And so development framework is built on our 30 years of knowledge about what social entrepreneurs need to build leadership that's lasting in the social entrepreneurship and social innovation fields. And so when they come on board to our fellowship, all of the fellows take a diagnostic. It says, here's the, you know, Here's the different aspects of this framework, which Echoing Green believes are important for you to succeed. And then uh, by looking at both the individual's strengths and the portfolio-wide strengths, we can then better target, you know, workshop-type group support, webinars, templates, things like that, and as well as target what the individual needs as well through advisory services, matching them with alumni, other entrepreneurs, financial experts, etc., and so between this actual framework and associated tools, we call it a resource bank. Essentially, the resource bank has both advisors who are external and, is, and paper. So we think of them as templates, checklists, things like that for impact investing. It's due diligence checklists. It's examples of pitch decks, et cetera. And so between that and then their um, existing reporting that we can track their progress on, that's the journey that we take them through the fellowship. Great, great, great. Now, so there's a lot of material in this report, a lot of interesting data. So can you maybe talk about a few of the, the what you think were the most significant findings, most interesting findings? 
Sure. Yeah, there there is a lot in here. So I do encourage folks to take the time to sift through it all. There's a lot in here. I mean, I think they're kind of breaking it into two sections. So one is definitely the role of funding sources, uh, funding uses and type of capital sought. And so kind of as a summary takeaway, we're seeing that there's some uh, non-suboptimal usage of capital versus the type that they're receiving or seeking um, and the sources. So that's an interesting finding, not surprising, but I think that it validated some of the, the things that we were hearing. So first, you know, this is a early stage portfolio. And so unsurprisingly, foundations and family offices were the most frequently reported sources of current and anticipated funding. So this really speaks to the role of both you know, grant and patient capital, um, as well as investment in these early stages to help these entrepreneurs grow. Um, Funding uses, working capital was the top reported use of funding and type of capital sought followed expectations. So, you know, self-funding decreased, grants and convertible debt proportions of the total decreased as uh, enterprises scaled. Um, and then, of course, those seeking debt into third-party equity would increase. The little surprise there was that while grant funding decreased as a proportion of total dollars sought, most enterprises continue to seek grants, even in what we call our scale stage. And I guess I should just note that Include did a fairly innovative analysis, which was that they segmented our portfolio into capital readiness segments. So seed, early growth, and scale. But this was not just measured along financial or numerical data, uh, you know, revenues, um, other things that one looks for in terms of pointing to the stage of the business. They also included qualitative data. So they asked our fellows if they had a formal board, did they have a dedicated financial professional, et cetera. And that helped illuminate whether they could absorb capital that they were looking for and help us give a better picture of what they were seeing. The Miller Center for Social Entrepreneurship at Santa Clara University in Silicon Valley provides rigorous training to help social entrepreneurs succeed with a special emphasis on climate resilience and women's economic empowerment via its in-person and online programs. Since 2003, Miller Center has paired top-level Silicon Valley executive mentors with enterprises from 65 countries. Find out more at www.scu.edu backslash Miller Center. Right, right. That's interesting. So grants invaluable and continuing to be valuable. Now, do you have a sense of how the monies are allocated, the funds are allocated? Presumably quite a difficult thing to actually pin down. Yes. So we did We did ask them, of course, given our entrepreneurs are busy people, we were somewhat limited by the number of questions we could ask them. But in some cases, we did see that things that were typically you know, salaries, for example, were sometimes funded through debt financing, which is obviously somewhat less optimal than using equity or a different type of tool. And so we are, that's where some of that disjointed usage versus capital type we're seeing. And so we, we were, you know, unable, this is a, a small sample. This is, you know, 49% of our portfolio at the time, 49 of our enterprises reporting. Um, and so this is something that we think warrants further inquiry, but you could hypothesize a number of different things that, you know, either that capital was not available to them, that they were seeking it, but unable to find it. Um, we did get some data on number of success of success rate, essentially. So number of applications, grant applications or term sheet negotiations versus yield. And so that we did get some of that, but a lot more to unpack there. 
Yes, yes. I guess the question you'd presume, maybe, rightly or wrongly, that when you're looking for equity from impact investors, maybe the probability of success would be less than from branch finance, or maybe not. So were there significant differences in organizations' ability to raise different kinds of funding? Yeah, so the the top barrier across all respondents was, you know, finding a funder willing to take a risk at this stage. And so across those 49, I don't want to generalize to the field, but within our sample that makes that aligns and certainly is something that we've seen reflected on the investor side of things through the Jun survey and others in terms of being able to go earlier stage. There were some differences within our for-profit and hybrid responses. Again, our sample size got fairly small, so don't want to generalize out to the field. However, the communication challenges with hybrid organizations really came out in this point. So in focus group discussions, those running hybrids said that it was more difficult to communicate with investors about how their for-profit and non-profit entities worked in tandem. So again, this is not surprising, but it could be an additional challenge for those who are considering running hybrids in terms of accessing both grant and investment dollars. Right, right. Now, are nonprofits included in this survey? Nonprofits are not. So, the majority of Echoing Green's uh, social entrepreneurs that we funded have been nonprofits. You know, again, this this movement just came uh, organically over the years to for profit and hybrid applications. Uh, we've never specified legal structure in our application. This has definitely kicked off conversations about you know should we do a similar exercise with our nonprofits, especially given that. More and more, either current fellows or alumni are nonprofits with significant earned revenue streams. And so some might call those hybrid structures. But certainly there's a lot of interest from our nonprofits, from my own experience and from the teams of interest in, you know, what does impact investment mean for them and communicating to them that, you know, if they have a earned revenue stream, cash flow, et cetera, that they may want to consider loans or et cetera. Yes, absolutely. Now you mentioned suboptimal funding or matching funding inappropriately, which is always a challenge, isn't it, to find the kind of funding you need to build your organization. You mentioned some organizations funding uh, salaries out of debt. Were there other suboptimal issues that you identified? Yeah, I think that there's, you know, again, getting, I don't want to get too granular with the respondents just because of the sample size, but talking about barriers and we did ask about top reported barriers to accessing funding. Again, risk of the stage was the top. Um, and then the other ones really um, were across the gamut. So uh, geography, sector, or their business profile, um, their terms did not match with investors, et cetera. Um, and this, this varied a little bit by the segment that I noted before, that we, we segmented them into capital readiness stages. Um, but again, the sample size is so small that I don't want to comment too much on, on that. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, can you talk a little bit about the recommendations that you came up with in the report? Sure. So these really built on what our fellows responded with. So again, Echoing Green is very entrepreneur-driven. We seek to elevate their voices in this conversation as well as be responsive to what we're hearing real-time and what they communicate to us as much as we can. And so we did ask them about different support needs as well as mentorship. So include with their experience in you know capital readiness and raising broke those out into three support categories so the first was financial needs planning the second was marketing preparation and the third was transaction process 
and, and execution management. And so under each of those, we were able to um, have fellows identify um, which pieces they needed and then break those out by the capital readiness segments that I meant um, before. So there's a really nice, it kind of looks like a stoplight graph um, in our report that has a grid of those three buckets of supports and maps them against the capital readiness segments. And we can then see visually where the needs are by, you know, what we might want to consider as a fellow comes into the program and as what our alumni may be looking for. And so top support, you know, again, a, a bit unsurprising for us, but nice to have validated through data was strategic introductions to funders was their most prioritized overall support needs. So they're really looking for warm introductions. I think they may know that that is most helpful in fundraising. And their top desired mentorship was capital and fundraising advisors and successful entrepreneurs. So from that, include um, created a kind of a framework that, again, aligns with our leadership development framework that I spoke to before that then filtered into our next steps. And so the three pillars of that framework are um, expanding group-oriented direct services and in-house resources. The second is formalizing our external fundraising advisory support. And the third is expanding our investor network and funder engagement specifically around those, getting those warm introductions um, teed up for our fellows. Right, right. Because at the moment, you work with a small group of impact investors. Is that right? Can you talk a little bit about that again, just for um, listeners who, who may not be familiar with? Sure, yeah. So uh, again, you know, Echoing Green, our, our history is really in the nonprofit field just because of our how our applicants and our fellows were thinking about creating social environmental change. And so as a result, just in the past few years, we've needed to work on building out our investor network and our community and ensuring that they know, you know, what we do, what our philosophy is around leadership development and how we are distinct in this, this very broad impact investing field. So um, from that, we've always had, you know, pretty broad ties to impact investing networks, but this is really speaking to formalization of that and better linking that into this leadership development um, community that we've built over the last 30 years. The Financing Social Entrepreneurs podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Echoing Green. Echoing Green drives social progress further, faster, via its global social entrepreneurship fellowship, now running for 30 years. Echoing Green's new impact investment program aims to bridge the gap between impact investors and social entrepreneurs to help social entrepreneurs better access finance to build stronger, more resilient social ventures. You can find out more at echoinggreen.org. And presumably as the organizations grow, they um, become more revenue positive and profit positive, whatever we describe it, become profitable, their level of financial uh, sophistication increases. At least they have more of a financial team or somebody looking after finance. Was that what you found? Yes. So yes and no. That was interesting. So I think, you know, that that's what we were observing as Equine Green. I think that that was more of a surprise for Enclude. So one thing that we found was that there exists this broad need across all segments. So even if they're in the kind of latest segment, the the scale segment, we still see a variety of needs requested. And this, to me, underlies 
the idea that funding alone is is never enough. It's it's not enough to just give funding without support or without additional um, support for these these emerging entrepreneurs. So I think that that was a bit of a surprise in terms of continuing needs. As far as the an example of a need that was reported by all segments, so seed to scale uh, under marketing. Um, creating and managing an outreach plan was reported as a need by over half of all respondents in all of our segments. And so, you know, I, I hypothesis there is that just the needs change with each funding round, with, you know, increasing sophistication on the investor side, more demands being made of them in terms of formalizing um, their, their communications around KPIs or impact metrics or systems, et cetera. And so what we see is that there could be both a broad, you know, this broad support philosophy as well as a deepening of support in some areas and lessening in others as they advance. Right. So this outreach plan, what is that, Min? Yeah. So um, you can think about an outreach plan to investors as, you know, what is your what is your plan to kind of reach out to them? Essentially, it's in terms of marketing, it's how do you market your organization how do you tell your story? How do you communicate your traction, your recent milestones, etc.? Right, right. And it, that's a challenge. Yeah, that was listed as a need for support across all areas. Um, that and I think also funder introductions were the need uh, across all segments. Yes, yes. And did you get a sense of how the challenges, uh, I, probably not, um, I have the challenges change over time generally as a social entrepreneur this is more about financing isn't it yeah so this did focus specifically on financing it didn't you know another piece of our leadership development framework is around keeping your passion and connection to the work and making sure that you don't go through uh entrepreneur burnout and so how do you keep your purpose so this didn't this did not touch on those aspects at all absolutely absolutely and did you get a sense of uh whether or not entrepreneurs found it expensive did they find the certainly on the 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 scale side of things where they were looking at impact investment investors were they comfortable with the terms they were getting or did you have any information on that side of things so in this survey we did not get that granular in focus groups and in you know anecdotal conversations certainly i've heard the gamut of of stories from entrepreneurs about terms matching about uh, strategic value add from impact investors, things like that. So I, I would say that I've heard everything from incredibly satisfied, you know, meeting all of our terms to not satisfied at all, can't find someone who's, who's really a fit. And so I think that, that that does reflect both the diversity of impact investors, the diversity of our entrepreneurs, and the, the need for more segmentation within the within both sides of the field. So figuring out where these entrepreneurs are along capital readiness and then trying to match them with the support tools that they need to get quote unquote investment ready for the investor who is um, looking for that type of a, a business model and financial returns and impact. And then on the impact investor side, um, helping our entrepreneurs better understand their constraints, their return needs and their impact needs as well. Yes, absolutely. And we talked about this before, but that's an important part of your work as well, isn't it, Min, is talking to investors and helping them understand the needs of social entrepreneurs in various different ways. Maybe could you talk a little bit about that? How is that going? Are investors becoming more aware, learning more about the needs, specific needs of social entrepreneurs? 
Yeah, so I think that, you know, for, for Echoing Green specifically, it's been heartening. We've, in the last, you know, year or so, as we share with them our, our unique perspective in this field, again, being focused on talent, leadership development, and being at an incredibly early stage, probably the earliest stage in the, in the market that we know of, um, is that this leadership development idea resonates with many of them. Um, and so um, that's encouraging from our angle. One, two of the things that we're focusing on coming out of this is engaging investors through an advisor group and then also exploring um, how we can better engage them. And so the advisory group is really meant to build a community of experts in impact investing who can help us uh, and our team who are uh, thought partners, um, generalist connectors or fellows um, to to complement their expertise on the team and then expand our proficiency in allowing them to access the expertise of these impact investors. So that allows our fellows to receive faster expert expertise from a diverse group of investors and impact investing experts. So that's the first way we're thinking about that. And then the second way is, you know, our portfolio as noted through focus groups and through speaking with the team that there are, in addition to, you know, terms not matching impact needing to be understood, other challenges uh, and barriers to funding, that they are not seeing investors on the other side of the table who look like them or who come from their communities. And so we are looking to expand uh, access points and how, trying to figure out how to better engage and cultivate a diverse group of investors. So kind of hacking existing bias and begin to diversify the broader early stage investor ecosystem. Right, great, great. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Min. Um, that's been really interesting. It's, it's good to get some fresh data and perspectives, some of which, as you say, confirm things that you knew anecdotally and other things, which other data sources, which raise questions clearly and, and, and will lead to, to you know, more digging and questions being asked and uh, more insights as well. Now, this report, where can listeners access it? Sure, they can go to echoinggreen.org and it's under our ideas tab. And so they can find it there. It's all public and online. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much, Min. And I wish you the very best success in the ongoing work, important work you're doing in the impact investment sphere. Thanks so much again for having me, Fergal. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Financing Social Entrepreneurs podcast. I hope you found this interview valuable. Please make sure to visit financingsocialentrepreneurs.com and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future podcasts.